Hello, Earnings Call listener. My name is Hadi Youssef. I run this earnings season podcast, but I also run the Borster Earnings Call mobile app, and that's what I wanted to quickly tell you about today. We've created a dedicated app for listening to earnings calls. What I mean by that is that we've basically created the Spotify for earnings calls. Our app lets you add any company to your watch list. You can download any earnings call to your phone. You can set notifications for specific companies for when a new call is available. You can also see the exact date of the earnings call. And if there is a company that isn't on our app yet, you can request a company within our app and we will promptly add it. Making earnings calls easy to access is something that I care a lot about. It's why I created this earnings season podcast. But obviously, we cannot add every single earnings call that gets published on this podcast, or else you'll be having hundreds of episodes every week. And so, we've created a dedicated app where you can go and pick and choose the exact earnings calls、uh, you're interested in. And what we post on this earnings season podcast are basically kind of the highlights or the most notable earnings calls. But in the show notes of this episode, I've included a video demonstration where I walk you through all the features that I just described for our app. And I also included the link to the App Store where you can go there and see the description of the app and the reviews. You know, I'm really proud of the feedback we've gotten from our users. And,、uh, you know, pleasing and satisfying our, our users and our customers is, is something that I、uh, take pride in. And, and as a team, we、uh, really pride ourselves on that. And so, I don't want to take more of your time and, and keep you from listening to the earnings calls you've selected today. So, without further ado, here is your earnings call. Hello, and thank you for standing by for by this fourth quarter and fall year 2018 earnings conference call. At this time, all participants are in the listen only mode. After management's prepared remarks, We will be a question and answer question. Today's conference is being recorded. If you have any objections, you may disconnect at this time. I would now like to turn the meeting over to your host for today's conference, Sharon Nang, by the Director in Investor Relations. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Baidu's fourth quarter and full year 2018 earnings conference call. Bidi's earnings release was distributed earlier today, and you can find a copy on our website as well as on Newswire services. On the call today, we have Robin Lee, Bidu's Chief Executive Officer, and Herman Yu, Bidu's Chief Financial Officer. After our prepared remarks, we will hold a QA session. Please note that the discussion today will contain forward looking statements made under the safe harbor provisions of the U.S. Private Security Litigation Reform Act of 1995. Forward looking statements are subject to risks and uncertainties that may cause Actual results to differ materially from our current expectations. Potential risks and uncertainties include, but are not limited to, those outlined in our public filings with the SEC, including our annual report on Form 20F. Baidu does not undertake any obligation to update any forward looking statement except required under applicable law. Our earnings press release and this call include discussions of certain unaudited non GAAP financial measures. Our press release contains a reconciliation of the unaudited non GAAP measures to the unaudited most directly comparable GAAP measures. And is available on our IR website at ir.baidu.com. As a reminder, this conference is being recorded. In, in addition, a webcast of this conference call will also be available on Baidu's IR website along with our earnings press release, which is intended to supplement our prepared remarks today during today's call and provide a reconciliation of the differences between GAAP and non GAAP financial measures. Unless otherwise specified, we refer to non GAAP measures on the call, which should not be considered 
as a substitute for the financial information prepared in accordance with GAAP. These GAAP measures are included as additional clarifying items to aid investors in further understanding the company's performance. Please refer to the non-GAAP financial measures section of Baidu's press release for further information about our use of non-GAAP measures. I will now turn the call over to our CEO, Robin. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining our call today. In 2018, we expanded Baidu's Bins Beyond Search with AI by strengthening our mobile foundation and leading in new AI businesses, which puts us on strong footing as we enter 2019. On mobile, the growth rate of Baidu APP DAUs accelerated over the past year, growing 24% year-over-year to $161 million in December 2018, compared to a range of 17 to 19% in the past four quarters. Haokan, our short video app, duplicated Baidu app's search plus feed strategy and saw its DAUs grow to 19 million in December from 1 million a year ago. Chenmin, our flash video app, whose short video are usually under one minute long, saw its DAUs grow to 4 million within one quarter of official launch. Aggregated feed time span on Baidu, Haokan, and Chenmin apps grow 112% year over year. The robust growth of Baidu's organic traffic is strengthening our search foundation, as well as enabling us to leverage Baidu's AI to become an important player in feed and short video offerings, which are experiencing strong momentum in China. On new AI businesses, Dual OS, we believe, has become the most popular voice assistant in China with the largest installed base reaching 204 million in December. On product innovation, we launched the first smart display in China, Jiaodu at Home, and were the first to introduce a commercial level four vehicle in China, Abolong with Qinglong Automotive. On cloud, we helped enterprise customers build a competitive edge through Baidu's AI solution. Enterprise AI has tremendous potential in China by leveraging powerful AI computing, it gives China's traditional industries a technological advantage over its regional peers. In 2018, Baidu reached a historical milestone with revenues surpassing RMB 100 billion. We are excited to pursue the next 100 billion of growth by leveraging Baidu's AI to expand beyond search into fast-growing consumer markets, as well as new AI opportunities in enterprise and government sectors. Let's begin our Q4 review with search and feed. Our focus in 2018 has been investing in organic traffic to accelerate our growth and strengthening Baidu's content ecosystem to give users a better experience with search and feed. Daily active users on Baidu app, our flagship app, has been accelerating over the past year, due in part to the improved search experience and the strength of our feed. During the recent Chinese New Year Gala, 
the most popular TV show in China. Baidu participated in the Right Envelope giveaway, which turned out to be a success. More users now realize that Baidu app is better, safer, and more powerful, as it integrates search and feed seamlessly and provides a native app-like experience. In the future, we do expect search traffic in the Baidu app to grow much faster than the overall search market. Over the past year, we have made significant progress in expanding our content network on Baijiahao, which now hosts 1.9 million Baijiahao accounts, with significant coverage of top-tier publishers on Baijiahao accounts. We believe Baidu's AI. <coughs> we leverage Baidu's AI to push the most relevant content to new Baidu app users and make their onboarding experience smoother. We deployed the same methodology to Haokan earlier this year by attracting a large base of high-quality video content publishers and used Baidu's AI to enable smoother onboarding for new Haokan users. As a result, Haokan was the second fastest growing app among the top 10 short video apps in China in terms of DAUs, MAUs, and total daily time spent during the three months ending December, according to Quest Mobile. And the fastest growing app over the same period was Chenmin, a short video app that we are incubating. Chenmin's DAU grow to 4 million in one quarter. Short video is a growing market in China, and we expect this <coughs> demand to grow even faster with the arrival of 5G. Our foray into short videos is seeing strong results. For example, excluding ITE, Baidu distributed over 3.5 billion video views daily in December. That's up 56% from last quarter. With users showing insatiable appetite for short videos, we are leveraging Baidu AI to better tag the video content and personalize each distribution based on user preferences. Whereas Baijiahao accounts fulfill our users' demand for feed content, Baidu's smart mini program allows them to enjoy native app experience from our partner network of service apps. Through the pull down of the home screen, search result, and feed viewing, Baidu app users can access the functionalities of our partner apps directly from the Baidu app. We believe the future of mobile search will shift toward closed-loop native app experience from the current search experience that directs users to HTML5 sites. MAUs of our mini program has grown to 147 million in December, up 30% sequentially. In December, we open-sourced Baidu's Smart Mini Program to allow our top partners to build their own mini program network. On monetization, the integration of search and feed in Baidu app brings together significant synergies. During the quarter, we expanded our optimized cost per click 
or OCPC offerings to OCPX. For example, we're now offering OCPM for impressions and OCPV for video views, which enable feed ads to use the same optimization algorithms. With feed and search under one roof, we are seeing customers opting for omni-marketing, which is a powerful marketing campaign leveraging the reach of search, feed, and app-opening interstitial ads. Over time, we believe the adoption of Baidu Smart Mini program will also be a revenue driver for us. Early A-B testing indicates that advertisers using Baidu Smart Mini program are getting better ROI than using H5 sites as the landing pages for their advertisements. Turning to Doer OS Voice Assistant, Doer OS is gaining strong market adoption with an installed base reaching 204 million in December, up from 141 million in September. Voice queries on Doer OS continue to grow robustly, reaching 1.6 billion in December, representing a sequential CAGR of over 100% for the last seven quarters. Our customers want smart devices that understand them better, <clears throat> that provide better search results, and that offer more and better services. As a result, we will continue to make heavy investments in AI to provide best-in-class speech recognition and natural language processing technology. We have also begun testing the Dual OS Skills Store where customers can subscribe to both free and fee-based skills. The Dual OS Skills Store currently offers over 1,000 skills, such as Douyu Live Video, Dragonfly FM Online Radio, and Citic Academy Online Literature, and has a developer community of 27,000 engineers. In the fourth quarter, our first-party smart device sold exceptionally well. Xiaodu Smart Speaker was the best-selling smart speaker on JD.com, Pinduoduo, and Guomei.com during the Double Eleven event. And Xiaodu at Home, our smart display, saw unit sales accelerate from previous quarters. To expand the use of Dual OS Voice Assistant in, the, in November, we added to our lineup of Xiaodu smart devices. Xiaodu Smartphone Car Mount, a smartphone charger under 15 US dollars, equipped with far-field microphones that enable users to operate dual OS skills, such as Baidu Maps and Phoenix New Media through conversational AI, freeing their hands to allow a safer driving. Stay tuned for new Xiaodu smart devices as we will be launching soon. Dual OS for Apollo, a version of Dual OS adopted for in-vehicle usage, has already been pre-installed in Cherry's high-end Exceed cars and will be pre-installed in selected models of Ford, Lincoln, Great Wall Motor, and Byton cars later this year. 
Our goal for Dual OS is not only to make interactions with smart devices simpler. We also see a need from users to be able to switch their skills interchangeably across mobile, home, and car. Building to Dual OS for Apollo is a skill store that operates mini program from the Baidu app, which will bring convenience to both our users and the developer community. In the hospitality sector, Dual OS now powers Baidu Smart Display to provide personal concierge in over 2,000 rooms across a score of hotels in China, particularly five-star hotels, including the newly opened intercontinental Shanghai Wonderland. Turning to Apollo, at CES in Las Vegas last month, we released Apollo 3.5, which supports autonomous driving <coughs> on complex urban roads. We also introduced Apollo Open Road for the developer community and Apollo Enterprise, offering solutions to support commercial production, including dual OS for Apollo, valet parking, assisted highway driving, minibus, and intelligent maps. In the fourth quarter, we add First Automotive Works and Volvo as Apollo partners for commercial production of level four passenger cars. Apollo <coughs> has garnered over 135 OEM, tier one part suppliers, and other strategic partners to date, including recent additions of Volkswagen Automotive, China Unicom, Carry, Quanta Computer, and Starnetto Technology. Beyond autonomous driving, we are receiving interest from Chinese municipalities to partner with them and provide smart transportation solutions. With the support of local governments, we see commercial opportunities to minimize traffic congestion, reduce air pollution, and improve road safety by leveraging Apollo V2X, or Vehicle to Infrastructure Solution. And for Baidu Cloud, in December, we open-sourced OpenEdge and uh, <clears throat> an edge computing platform that extends Baidu Cloud's data processing and machine learning to edge devices. Baidu's OpenEdge has received positive feedback from the developer community, reaching number one on GitHub in the open-source edge platform category shortly after launch and continues to hold the top spot in current ranking as of February. Baidu Cloud is seeing strong growth in both revenue and customer base and ex uh, expanding AI solutions across different industry verticals such as telecom, manufacturing, and financial services and transportation. For example, last quarter, we showcased a top telecom operator in China that used a Baidu AI solution to power one of their call centers. After initial implementation, Baidu AI solution was handling millions of calls per month and reducing the average customer call time by over 70%. We recently signed with the telecom customer to expand Baidu AI-powered automated call center solution to power several more call centers. At the same time, we are receiving interest from financial institutions as well as airlines to power their customer call centers. 
Some investors may wonder how the economics will work for Baidu as we enter enterprise AI. Investing in feed and voice assistant are natural extensions of Baidu's search business. As we venture into enterprise AI, we have the potential to leverage the same AI to significantly expand Baidu's total addressable market into the massive enterprise and government sectors. In the case mentioned above, just like the economics of ERP projects, the economics of cloud-enabled AI solutions may have low margins in the beginning, but with each replication, the project margin improves, and our AI solutions become better with machine learning models and experience accumulated. Turning to ITE, as an entertainment IP powerhouse in China, ITE continue to see strong subscriber growth, adding 36.6 million subscribers in 2018 to 87.4 million members in fourth quarter. Baidu and ITE co-launched a hybrid OTT TV box with Sichuan Cable TV, enhancing the home entertainment experience through AI. And this is the OTT TV following the release of Gehua Little Fruit earlier this year. With that, let me turn the call over to Herman to go through the financial highlights. Thank you, Robin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Baidu's fourth quarter and full year 2018 call. Before I begin with financial review, let me make a few notes. All monetary amounts used in my discussion are in renminbi unless stated otherwise. Starting on January 1st, 2018, we adopted ASC 606, a new revenue accounting standard that nets value-added tax on the revenue and cost of revenue line. To increase comparability with 2018 numbers, 2017 revenue numbers and related metrics such as margin have been adjusted, assuming net of VAT. We had a terrific year in 2018. Total revenues grew to $102.3 billion, up 28% year-over-year, 31% year-over-year, excluding revenues from spin-off businesses, which were approximately $4.1 billion and $3.1 billion in 2017 and 2018, respectively. Revenues for Baidu Core reached $78.3 billion, up 22% year-over-year, or up 26% year-over-year, excluding spin-off revenues. Non-GAAP net income to Baidu was $23.3 billion, up 35% year-over-year, and non-GAAP net margin reached 23%. Non-GAAP net income attributed to Baidu Core was $28.5 billion, up 37% year-over-year, and net margin was 36% versus 33% last year. Adjusted EBITDA reached $24.3 billion, up 4% year-over-year, and EBITDA margin was 24%. Adjusted EBITDA for Baidu Core grew to $31.5 billion, up 18% year-over-year, and adjusted EBITDA margin reached 40% compared to 42% the prior year. Free cash flow was $27.2 billion. Free cash flow generated by Baidu Core was strong at $24.9 billion, or $3.6 billion U.S. dollars. Turning to fourth quarter 2018, total revenues reached $27.2 billion, 
up 22% year-over-year, or 28% year-over-year, excluding spin-off revenues, which was $1 billion in Q4 2017. Revenue from Baidu Core grew to $20.5 billion, or $3 billion U.S. dollars, up 20% year-over-year, excluding spin-off revenues. Marketing customers grew over 10% year-over-year, which can be largely attributed to our industry-leading performance-based ad products like Dynamic Ads and OCPS, as Robin mentioned. We saw strong strength coming from education, e-commerce slash retail, and service customers, which were partially offset by the weakness in healthcare, gaming, real estate, and to a lesser extent, financial services. The customer sector weakness was mostly impacted by industry-specific policies. On healthcare ads, we successfully rolled out Baidu's new policy to require healthcare customers in the field of andrology and gynecology to shift the landing pages of their ads to Baidu's content platform. By requiring healthcare marketing customers to place their content in structured data format on Baidu's platform, which allowed for comparison across service providers, site commentary and rating, and other important features we are in a better position to monitor the sites of our healthcare customers and we are those that offer questionable services. With phase one of the healthcare provider network transition, we are on track to shift the ad landing pages of other healthcare customers this year. The new business model not only would improve the quality of marketing customers and their information on healthcare sites, it would also give us a better understanding of user interest which over time would allow us to further improve the navigation and relevancy of online healthcare information in China. Using similar technology, we see an opportunity to build a content vertical for online literature and make it easier for authors to distribute their literary works online and receive revenue share. The online literature market in China is shifting to an ad-supported model versus pay content which presents Baidu with a huge market opportunity playing to our strength as a leading marketing platform. Another bright spot in Baidu's core revenues is our cloud business, which reached 1.1 billion revenue in the fourth quarter, more than doubling from last year. Revenue from IHE reached 7 billion, there may be growing at a robust rate of 55% year over year. Membership revenue continued to be strong at with 37 million subscribers added in 2018, bringing the total of the subscriber to 87 million in, in the fourth quarter. Driven by premium content and hot originals, like Tang Dynasty Tour, The City of Chaos, and Original Sin, IG is becoming a strong entertainment IP powerhouse through its relentless effort on, and, and focus on originals, on premium content, and multiple monetization models of the same IP, such as membership subscription, online games, e-commerce, and cross-licensing. Turning to cost of sales, excluding stock compensation and cost of sales was $15.5 billion, up 54% year-over-year. Content cost was up 96% year-over-year to $7.5 billion, mainly due to IT's increased investment in content and, to a much lesser extent, investment in Baijiahao content. SGNA expenses, excluding stock compensation, were $5.4 billion, up 61% year-over-year. 
primarily due to the increase in channel and promotional marketing to acquire new users for the Baidu family of apps. As Robin mentioned, time spent for Baidu app, Kaokan, and Quanming together grew 112% year-over-year in Q4, which illustrates our ability to convert marketing dollars into repeatable traffic. Our focus is to place greater organic traffic that shifting our financial model to spending up some marketing dollars with spread out over the life of the user. In other words, revenue from channel spend has a delayed effect, whereas revenue from tax is reported in the quarter of expense. In the first half of 2018, a big part of our marketing expenses were spent on promoting the Baidu app. In the second half, Baidu app seeing strong growth, our app promotion expanded to other products such as Haokan Short Video and Trending Flash Video. Our traffic acquisition mix, shifting from tax traffic to organic traffic, will dampen our profit margin in the near future. But with extensive internal ROI analysis, we believe over the long term, this will strengthen Baidu's foundation in search and feed, especially with users' super apps and the increase in popularity of mini in China. Turning to R&D expenses, excluding stock compensation R&D expenses were up 3.6 billion, up 19% year over year, mainly due to the increase in personnel Non-GAAP operating income in the fourth quarter was 2.7 billion. Non-GAAP operating income for Baidu Corp was 5.8 billion, down 17% year over year, and non-GAAP operating margin of Baidu Corp was 28%. Income tax expense was $484 million. Effective tax rate was 46% compared to 16% <coughs> last year, primarily due to IT not being able to recognize tax benefit from its losses in the current quarter. Non-GAAP net income to Baidu was $4.6 billion, down 17% year-over-year. Non-GAAP net income attributed to Baidu Core was $6.5 billion down 1% year-over-year, and net margin reached 31% compared to 36% last year. Adjusted EBITDA was $4 billion, and adjusted EBITDA margin was 15%. The adjusted EBITDA for Baidu Corp was $6.9 billion, down 12% year-over-year, and adjusted EBITDA margin reached 34%. As of December 31st, 2018, cash and short-term investments $20.6 billion, excluding IG, cash and short-term investments were $128.7 billion, or $18.7 billion U.S. dollars. Free cash flow was $5.9 billion, RMB. Free cash flow to Baidu Corp was strong at $5.5 billion, RMB, or $800 million. Uh, 801 million U.S. dollars. And total headcount of Baidu Core was approximately 33,700, up 1% year over year. Turning to first quarter guidance, we expect total revenues to be between 23.5 billion and 24.7 billion, representing a 12 to 18% increase year over year, or 18 to 24% increase year over year, excluding spinoff revenues for first quarter of 2018. For 2019 margins, please 
consider the large marketing campaign that we did around the Chinese New York time frame, including branding, red envelope giveaway, and so forth. These forecasts are our current and preliminary view are subject to change. I will now open the call to questions. <coughs> Thank you so much. The question and answer session of this conference call will start now. In order to be fair to all callers who wish to ask questions, we will take one question at a time for each caller. If you have more than one question, please request to join the questions queue again after your first question has been addressed. To ask a question, you may just press star 1 on your telephone. All right, and our first question comes from the line of Benny Wong. Benny, your line is now open. Hi, thank you, management, for taking my questions. Um, my first question is basically on our investment cycle. Um, in terms of like the, a lot of investment we have been in 2018, when we look forward in 2019, how should we expect uh, in terms of our investment priorities in 2019? And um, if we look at the growth uh, coming from actually of our new business initiatives, uh, how do you rank in terms of like the uh, the growth drivers? Uh, any color on the how should we expect on the investment cycle and also the margin trend would be very helpful. Thank you. <clears throat> Hi, Benny. Uh, good morning. Uh, as I mentioned in our call, uh, while well, uh, you know, there the are a few businesses that uh, we'll be focused on uh, going forward that we also have been focused on in the last few quarters, uh, I think the way to look at um, our, our uh, margins and our investments are like this. Uh, we finished our, our three-year plan uh, just in January, uh, and our plan was to uh, figure out a way to uh, accelerate our uh, revenue growth based on the uh, new markets that we're uh, going after. And the cost driver, I think, for uh, 2019 would be a function of a few factors. I think number one is when you look at, for example, search and fee, uh, our, our priority would be to grow our organic traffic. Although, as I mentioned before, for our tax, as long as there's profit to be made, we'll continue uh, going down that path. But the priority, I think, will be uh, with organic traffic. And that would be a function of investing in you know, marketing and, and content costs. And also, it's a function of the number of apps that we decide uh, to promote. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, in 2018, at the beginning of the year, we, we focused on Baidu app. And as we got into the second half, we looked at how kind, and in the fourth quarter, we also added a trimming. So that caused our marketing uh, dollars uh, toward the end of 2018 to accelerate. I think going into 2019, you should see us uh, uh, focusing on investing at least in three apps and, and potentially uh, more. Uh, another business that, that we are very focused on is the Dual OS. And I think for that, you can see it's, it's a function of uh, the, the number of products that we have, uh, the amount of promotion we have to do for new products, and also the number of units uh, that we sell. And I think the last uh, uh, set of investment is uh, in the cloud space. Uh, we're seeing cloud doing very well, as, as uh, Robin mentioned. Uh, uh, the, the cloud, you know, given uh, it's a function of uh, how we're uh, growing and preparing to scale our business for the next year. And it's also a function of the number of uh, Lighthouse projects uh, that we have. Um, so, you know, with every uh, growth plan, uh, you know, our, our 
focus is to uh, you know also grow uh, revenue. So what we'll be looking at uh, this year is to focus on uh, as we're expanding these things, are we getting very positive uh, operating metrics? And if so, then we should see uh, revenue growth uh, uh, you know accelerate in, in uh, future quarters. So uh, we'll be looking at the operating metric first, and then uh, uh, we we believe that the in following quarters uh, the revenue growth uh, should come. Uh, at the same time, just wanted to note that we're also very uh, diligent in terms of uh, content cost. So if you look at, for example, in 2018, our core business grew 28%, excluding divestors. At the same time, our headcount only grew 1%. In 2019, uh, our uh, cost control policy in the company uh, will be very similar, where there are areas where we're tightening, we're very focused on improving greater efficiency, and so forth. Does that help answer your question? Yes, yes, that's very helpful. And just one last follow-up on the new seat. Uh, how do you see the competition uh, will be trending in 2019 uh, on the competition on new seat side? Uh, in terms of also any sharing ratio with the content creator, how should we see that? Uh, thank you. Uh, Benny, uh, the, the question you had was, how do we see the news fee revenue trending? Competition, the competition dynamics on the news fee uh, competition on that front yep. with other platforms. How do you see the 19 in terms of strategy? How do we uh, uh, position uh, to in terms of uh, in view of the competition here, and also uh, in terms of any like uh, revenue sharing uh, with you know the content creators? as we talked about earlier uh, in last quarter call. Uh, just a follow-up on that from your state would be, would be helpful. Thank you. Okay, um, this is Robin. Let me answer your question. Uh, I think it's very obvious that uh, New Seed is a fast-growing market. Everyone in the uh, Chinese internet landscape is trying to uh, expand uh, in this direction. And uh, Baidu, obviously, is the uh, leading one of the, the leaders in this space and by leveraging our uh, strong technological capabilities, uh, we, are, uh, we have been able to grow the new seed wins very, uh, at a very uh, rapid rate. We expect this, will, this trend will continue. Uh, in, in terms of uh, 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 cost structure, uh, it's basically a revenue uh, sharing uh, uh, structure for the, the content uh, contributors uh, in our uh, feed system. So the more we can <clears throat> drive our feed traffic, the, the better we can monetize, and the, the, the better the economics will be for the content contributors. So uh, the, the, uh, at the end of the day, it's how, how many users you can reach and how better you can match uh, content with users. Yeah, let me just add a little, uh, Benny, on this thing, uh, as you can see, newsfeed in the beginning was, you know, mainly uh, social based and re relies on, you know, uh, you know, your user uh, coming on and acquiring fans and so forth. What you're seeing now is uh, newsfeed is getting to a place where there are many people that create content, especially they create uh, in, in an organization rather than on an individual basis. 
So that's why you see Baidu entering at this stage, and, and we're doing it uh, with a Baidu app, and we're also using the same methodology uh, going into video, because now the, the, the limitation is not about the availability of content, because the same uh, person will put the content on different sites. Where Baidu's strength is using our AI uh, algorithm, the, the technology we build up, to be able to recommend uh, better uh, than everyone else so that the users are very sticky. That's why we show you on time span. So to answer your question, I think our uh, competition, our strength, is the ability to use our, our AI to, to recommend better and to get the users to be more sticky. And then I think uh, content has become a commodity. So in terms of that, uh, I think this year you'll see us uh, probably, you know, going more uh, video content because we're, we're having a few more uh, video apps that we're, we're pushing. But for the non-video side, uh, I think that, that you'll see probably a, a slow growth because we have built up that, that library of content from the past year, just adding, uh, you know, content. It probably will not grow as fast for the non-video side. Thank you. Very helpful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Once again, as a reminder, we will take one question at a time for each color. If you have one more than question, please request to join the question queue again after your first question has been addressed. And our next question comes from the line of Alicia Yup from Citigroup. Alicia, your line is now open. Thank you. Um, good morning, uh, Robin, Herman, and Sharon. Thanks for taking my questions. I have a question regarding um, the achievement for the uh, Chinese New Year Gala promotion. So any metrics that you could share uh, with us uh, in terms of the total numbers of users that have uh, successfully uh, bind their bank card uh, to Baidu Wallet? Uh, what is uh, the increase in, let's say, the total real name registration for the Baidu app uh, after the, the gala, and then any metrics uh, in terms of increase in the usage for the dual OS uh, smart speaker uh, from prior to the Chinese New Year to now post the Chinese New Year. So any metrics you could share uh, would be helpful. Thank you. Yeah, um, um, as you know that uh, we <clears throat> we operated a, a number of uh, um, marketing campaigns around the Chinese New Year, and the highlight would be the, the uh, Spring Festival Gala. Uh, during the, the whole uh, Ch Chinese Spring Festival period, tens of millions of users participated uh, in our uh, right packet giveaway activities, and uh, many of them uh, start to realize that uh, uh, the Baidu app is different from the Baidu search uh, from third-party browsers. Uh, that is, uh, I think, uh, the biggest achievement uh, for us because uh, before, people always go to uh, a third-party browser and, uh, and thought they are using Baidu app. Uh, now we have the chance to show the users that the Baidu app uh, offers uh, better, safer, and more powerful uh, search and feed. Uh, capabilities on our app, and uh, the retention rate has been very satisfactory. And meanwhile, we also used this uh, opportunity to promote uh, to promote our smart uh, display, Xiaodu uh, Zaijia, and that has also been very well received. And uh, a lot of users placed the order uh, because of this uh, uh, marketing campaign, and uh, the the device will be 
shipped to the user in the coming weeks. Operator, next question, please. Thank you so much. And our next question comes from the line of Eddie Liu from Mary Lynch. Eddie, your line is now open. Uh, good morning. Uh, hey, uh, Robin, uh, I think you mentioned about omni-marketing uh, in your opening remark. Uh, as we add uh, more advertising um, opportunities into our platform, including mini-programs and soft video on top of search and newsfeed, uh, what's your vision on how your advertisers using these uh, different solutions uh, going forward? And, and specifically, uh, how would we prepare our advertising system as well as the sales team uh, for the increasingly uh, complex uh, solution uh, on our platform? Thank you. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, as you mentioned, we now uh, have a lot of uh, uh, marketing channels for our uh, advertisers, including uh, new feed search, um, app opening um, ads, um, the, the Jiping or those um, offline uh, outdoor uh, screens at, uh, at public areas. Uh, we are uh, promoting OCPX so that uh, advertisers uh, just need to tell us what they care about and how do they measure uh, success. Um, we are able to use uh, computer programs to, uh, to uh, distribute their ad messages. Uh, so this, this has been a very uh, good trend for us uh, because it can leverage our uh, technological capabilities and uh, uh, improve uh, conversion for our advertisers. We, we uh, devote a very meaningful amount of uh, engineering resources to constantly improve uh, the, the performance of uh, this kind of ad deliveries. Thank you. Thank you so much. And our next question comes from the line of Huana Lin from 86 Research. Huana, you may now ask your question. Hi, good morning, Robin, Herman, and Sharon. Congratulations on a solid set of results, and thanks for taking my questions. Um, so I would like to ask um, about the healthcare advertisement. Uh, I'm wondering whether the cleanup and the process of uh, redesigning medical uh, search have been finalized, and in terms of the adjustment of structured content, um, has such adjustment already been fully applied to all relevant verticals? Does it mean, if so, does it mean that we should expect um, revenue to uh, restart improving, monetization restart improving from here? Thank you. Hi, Jan. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, we, we have done, uh, so far we have done uh, two fields, basically uh, uh, gynecology and also uh, the, um, the male uh, field. And uh, where in the process of, of expanding that into other uh, medical fields. I think, uh, uh, you know, we, we've seen the initial phase uh, to be uh, very successful, better than our original. Uh, we're going to uh, need uh, I think the, the initial is uh, 
better than our expectation. And as you guys saw, very well, guidance revenue that we originally had. Hopper, next question, please. Thank you so much. And our next question comes from the line of Gregory Zhao from Barclays. Your line is now open. Hi, Robin, so much, Sharon. Thanks for taking my question. Uh, so my question is about the content cost. Uh, so I chief earnings call, the management just talked about their expectation about the long video content cost to gradually come down in 2019. Uh, so here I want to check the content cost, uh, the trend of your uh, news feed and short video uh, content cost, and how shall we think about uh, uh, the content cost trend in 2019? Thank you. Hi, Greg. Um, yeah. So Aichi, uh, you know, is uh, uh, going to mention on the cost environment with content cost. Uh, toward the end of last year, uh, started to come down. It's going to take probably uh, so for it to attribute reflect in the P&L because it takes time for these content to be uh, produced. Um, for ours, uh, in addition to the long form, uh, I think this year, uh, you know, content uh, cost is usually uh, two types. One is on the uh, non-video uh, type, which we've been building significantly last year as a result of uh, building up the content for a uh, Baidu app. But we, 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 uh, you saw uh, the Baidu how content uh, increased uh, pretty significantly last year. And this year, I think, with regards to that piece, uh, you'll see some incremental increases, but not too significant. But on the other hand, where this year our, our focus is, in addition to uh, continue to grow Baidu how we're looking at also a different type of uh, video apps. One is flash video, which means that uh, the videos are usually less than one minute, and the other one is short video, which is probably three minutes to find that kind of product. So that one, we're going to have to continue uh, to ramp up the uh, content uh, for these uh, apps in order for uh, uh, you know, to, to uh, have you know, more content and to grow more users. So you should see us uh, you know, ramping that up. Thank you so much. And our next question comes from the line of Grace Chen from Morgan Stanley. Grace, your line is now open. Hi, thank you. Thank you for taking my question. Um, my question is about Baidu Show Video Investments. Uh, we can see that um, Baidu Show Video apps have achieved very good growth. Um, so it would be great if the management can share with us your view about the Show Video compatible landscape as we see more and more Show Video apps entering the market. Um, and how Baidu position itself in, in this market to differ, differentiate from others. And also, can you share the size of investments in the show videos to help understand the impact on your financials? Thank you very much. Um, Grace, let me answer the first part uh, of your question. Uh, I think video is a secular trend that uh, basically impacts uh, everyone, the, the whole world, the whole internet is moving uh, from text images to video. So it's a, it's a very large um, sector. There are uh, lots of uh, things can be done, and uh, I think the innovation uh, has just begun. Uh, for Baidu, our competitive advantage is that uh, uh, <clears throat> we have the best um, uh, matching capability between 
users and the content. Uh, so we can distribute the content more efficiently than everyone else, be it search, uh, news feed, or short video uh, feeds. Uh, I think we, we will continue to invest uh, in the, the marketing and distribution of our short video apps, but in the meantime, I think, uh, uh, the, uh, or at the end of the day, the user experience we can deliver or the, the, the matching and distribution capability we have uh, is, is better than everyone else. That's why we should be able to make the money that uh, uh, we deserve. Yeah, great. And with regards to the financial model, you're going to probably see uh, these uh, video apps uh, following the same uh, trajectory that we saw uh, for Baidu for apps. So in the beginning, uh, you know, we're going to have to acquire uh, you know, content for these apps. And then more importantly, we're going to have to uh, spend uh, promotions to uh, grow the users. And how much we spend on promotion really depends on, uh, you know, the daily analysis that we have on the ROIs, whether each of the inventory spots is giving that, that, that good ROI. If we do see it, then we're going to continue to double down. If the ROIs are not uh, good, users are not, uh, you know, staying uh, on the apps after uh, they come in, then for that, uh, you know, inventory channel, then we'll, uh, you know, cut off. So it's a really a function of uh, if we can, uh, you know, grow the users and grow user stickiness. Thank you. And next question comes from the line of James Lee from Missoula Securities. James, your line is now open. Yes. Thanks for taking my question. And, and Herman, maybe you can help us maybe crystallize the uh, operating income for the core business in 1Q a little bit here. Uh, given the fact that you talk about your priorities are more on organic growth of apps and also you're going to focus on a promotional cost, uh, should we think about maybe, maybe your total cost base? How should we think about that relative to 4Q versus 1Q? So, for example, in 1Q18, your total cost base stepped down about 13% sequentially. Is that the right way to think about it? Thanks. Uh, hi, James. Yeah, uh, good question on uh, 1Q. So, you know, we gave you, uh, you know, you know, revenues. Uh, with regards to cost of sales and uh, OPEX, uh, the way I would look at it is that um, in the first quarter, as Robin mentioned, we, we made a huge promotion around Chinese New Year. And a couple of days ago, on the Yuan Xiao, which is the ending of the uh, Chinese New Year, we also uh, did another promotion uh, on television. Uh, so we have to uh, consider that cost. So the way I would look at it is when you look at cost of sales plus OPEX, uh, we could uh, be increasing on a sequential basis upwards to maybe uh, a billion renminbi. Uh, where we reside from, from that uh, zero to uh, one billion renminbi uh, will really depend on several factors, which uh, uh, I think we're gonna have to uh, you know, wait for a few more weeks to, to be more precise. Uh, because there's some, uh, you know, activities that, that we have to see for it to pan out. But I would say on a sequential basis, you'll probably see it grow. It could be up to a billion. Uh, it could be uh, less than that. Thank you so much. And our next question comes from the line of Karen Chen from Jefferies. Karen, your line is now open. 
Um, thank you, Robin, Herman, um, and Sharon. Thanks for taking my question. Um, so just wondering for fourth qu uh, quarter 2018, what's the rough revenue contribution from mobile newsfeed? Uh, we note a very robust growth in the total online advertising customers, uh, while pricing side is relatively suppressed. Are we seeing any pricing pressure uh, potentially as a result of the overall industry supply and de demand dynamic changes there? Thank you. Hi, Karen. Uh, so the way we look at our uh, business today, uh, uh, we don't look at a news feed versus a search. We actually look at the ROI of the app in itself. Uh, so, so uh, you know, Robin talked about how customers are buying omni-marketing package. They're looking at not only, you know, on, on the uh, search results, they're looking at, at the same time, if uh, the advertising can also work so that when the users you know, just saw the advertising in the feed, and then they did a, a search and a natural search, and they actually see this. Uh, by being able to see that same ad in different ways is actually more effective. So, uh, the customers are looking at it that way. It's very hard for us to then uh, be able to decouple. Uh, you know, how to allocate the revenue between search and between uh, uh, feed because there, there's value for that uh, synergy. Um, so the way we actually look at it is, uh, you know, how do we uh, grow organic growth versus uh, inorganic uh, growth? Um, with regards to pricing, uh, we're seeing uh, pricing uh, come down, but I don't think it's because of competitive uh, uh, reasons. Uh, our pricing, because we're performance-based, it's really a, a, a function of the industry mix that we have. If you look at by these uh, products, you know, whether it's uh, dynamic. Uh, as whether it's CPX, uh, uh, whether it's um, you know action-oriented ads and so forth, we're, we're industry-leading. We're really the best in class. So I think it's not a function of whether uh, we're seeing better um, effectiveness uh, elsewhere. It's a function of, for example, if you have more gaming revenues, for example, you're going to see you know higher CPMs. If you have other type, for example, e-commerce compared to gaming, you're just going to see less uh, CPMs. So a lot of it has to do with the industry mix, and that's why I mentioned uh, on the call, you know, where the industries are increasing, where the industry uh, sectors are, are decreasing uh, for Q4, uh, so you guys get, get a flavor of how that's impacting our business. Thank you so much. And your next question comes from the line of Piyush Mubai from Goldman Sachs. Piyush, your line is now open. Uh, thank you for taking my question. I have a quick question, uh, um, Robin Herman. If you could just take us through what you think the um, the organic growth rates are for the current, for the overall core business, excluding um, the near-term corrections that we're seeing because of either macro factors or uh, the adjustments that you're making in specific verticals. So I'm referring to the 20, 21%. Uh, core growth rate guidance that you've given for the first quarter and what do you think it would be norm on a normalized basis? Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think um, uh, we, uh, we have entered a new stage for Chinese Internet the landscape. The uh, uh, population uh, or, or the penetration dividend uh, has gone. The growth uh, the future growth will be driven by uh, technological innovation, at least uh, uh, for Baidu. So 
for our uh, Corbin both search and uh, uh, feed, uh, we uh, we continue to see a lot of room uh, to uh, grow and to to improve. <coughs> um, on the search side, I mentioned OCPX uh, that will automate uh, um, ad delivering, and uh, we Herman uh, also mentioned that we are uh, moving uh, third-party. Uh, websites to host it as where we have more control uh, on the, the content and uh, uh, have better uh, visibility on the conversion. Uh, we we are developing the smart mini programs that will uh, <coughs> enable uh, advertisers to deliver better user experiences. Uh, and uh, we we are also uh, see you know strong demand for uh, video content not only uh, from the uh, the search uh, from the feed front, but also from the search front, uh, we see video search as, uh, growing at a very uh, fast pace, and uh, we we need to develop the technologies that uh, can better understand uh, video content, uh, so that uh, users will be <coughs> able to find uh, relevant video content uh, more easily. Thank you so much. And your next question. Comes from the line of Thomas Chung from Credit Three. Thomas, your line is now open. Hi, uh, good morning. Thanks, management, uh, for taking my questions. Um, I have a, a big picture about the uh, ad advertising market. Uh, can management comment about how we see the advertising sentiment changing before and after the Chinese New Year, if any? And how should we think about? the trend uh, for our key advertising categories as we head into 2019. And then um, a quick follow-up um, on uh, Dual OS and Apollo. Uh, should we expect um, 2020 uh, is the year that we should expect a meaningful ramp-up uh, in terms of monetization uh, for these two business? Thank you. Uh, well, I think it's a little bit early to uh, to talk about uh, the, the um, advertising market trend after Chinese New Year because uh, Chinese New Year is not one day. It, it's like a month-long holiday. Typically, after the Latin festival, uh, advertisers gradually come back. So it's only a couple of days. It's too early for us to, to tell uh, whether it's different from 2018. And uh, uh, because of the, the heavy investment we are uh, making um, this year, we, we do expect that monetization in 2020 will pick up. Yeah, let Thank me you. add a little bit on that. Uh, I think. Uh, Thank you. First of all, uh, first of all, when, when you mentioned you know how our uh, advertising uh, sentiment is uh, before and after Chinese New Year, I think that's probably more relevant in terms of uh, brand advertising business. As you know, in brand advertising business, you usually have the master contract uh, after the Chinese New Year. So our business, for the majority, is based on performance base, as I mentioned earlier. So uh, that that way, it really depends on our technology, our ability to actually get uh, you know marketing uh, customers ROI. So I think one point on that. Uh, secondly, you mentioned uh, how do you see uh, the marketing uh, customer sectors uh, growing. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, in two, uh, 2018, um, the fourth quarter, uh, the sec sectors that were strong for us, education, e-commerce, and retail in general, uh, service, uh, we, we think that that's going to continue to be uh, strong sectors for us. 
Uh, with regards to gaming, real estate, uh, financial, and so forth, I think it's a function of, of you know policy changes, as I mentioned earlier. So if the uh, policies are loosening up, if there are more advertisers uh, coming from these uh, sectors and so forth, we believe we're going to get our share because our performance base, I think, is best in class. Thank you. Next is Hanjin Kim from Deutsche Bank. Your line is now open. Great. Thank you for the chance to ask a question. Um, I understand your specific initiatives and so forth, but one thing that I was interested in was the latest kind of investments into H5 gaming. And when I look at your buy-domain app, I, I see kind of uh, mini-program games being more prominently featured there than before. So I wanted to understand the strategic importance of um, gaming to you guys and you know, how you think about positioning the interface to, to focus a little bit more on gaming recently. Um, so just some explanations around that would be great. Thank you. Uh, yeah, the, the Baidu uh, app is a, a super app with a, a daily active user of, uh, you know, well, um, more than 100 uh, million. And uh, that provides uh, users uh, uh, a chance to uh, just to spare some time and relax, sometimes just to uh, play a few uh, uh, games um, uh, based on uh, the mini program structure. Uh, we uh, we started to roll out uh, uh, the, the uh, mini games uh, during the Chinese uh, New Year festival, and we uh, obviously saw uh, very good results. So tens of millions of users uh, played with this game, and uh, uh, from day one, it has been a, a profitable business for us. Thank you. Next question comes from the line of Wendy Wang from Macquarie. Wendy, your line is. Um, thank you. Uh, can you clarify what's uh, uh, cloud revenue implied in your first quarter guidance, and also what's your differential strategy in targeting the new cloud customers? Uh, and also on the literature side, in your prepared remarks, you mentioned you see great potential there. Uh, but on the other hand, we noticed that IG is also doing quite well with their literature product recently. So uh, how do you see the, uh, <laughs> the, the synergies as well as the uh, competitions actually uh, between uh, you two in the literature space? Thank you. How do we feel? Uh, for guidance on a particular uh, of our business, we get uh, the, the business uh, in, in whole. So I'll be able to talk more about our cloud uh, as we uh, uh, exit uh, Q1. With regards to how we differentiate, uh, as Robin mentioned, uh, you know, on his uh, prepare remarks, talking about the AI solution, really our competitive strength. I do bring app that's powering solution. Uh, so uh, and see where we can provide uh, AI solutions to the enterprises. In regards to literature, uh, uh, you know, our, our strength is in search, the search traffic. So, so while uh, IT is building, you know, their uh, library of content and so forth and growing, I think they're probably going to be more related to uh, Whereas for Baidu, uh, we're looking at the uh, total web uh, internet uh, in, in China. So they would be 
a portion of our overall content our strategy. We couple that with the amount of uh, traffic that we have uh, in search. Uh, I think we would to um, uh, build a vertical or look at what IG has in content in the uh, content that uh, I do have access to, and then plus the uh, search traffic uh, that we have to give an overall uh, you know industry uh, strategy. We are now approaching the end of the conference call. Thank you for your participation in today's conference. You may now disconnect. Good day.